Good evening. It is 9.55 p.m. Sunday, uh, November 15th still. 9.55 p.m. Pacific time. And you know what? More joy. More joy. And I am just going to do these podcasts whenever these things happen. Because guess what? That's where I'm at now. I'm going to celebrate everything. I am. Well, you know I do anyway. But I just had the most wonderful phone call with one of our clients who happens to be a doctor. He is he lives in New Jersey, but he's in New York um, taking care of patients. Obviously, we all know what's happening with COVID. Well, the building next to his was apparently doing some construction or is doing some construction work and some scaffolding fell off the building and damaged his car. So he's going to have trouble. Uh, the police were there and all kinds of stuff. Nobody was injured. But here is the joy. Here's the joy. This doctor um, is a transplant survivor. He is a primary care physician helping take care of COVID patients. And he himself is immunosuppressed. He had five people in his office, five, he said five girls. So, you know, the nurses or office staff or whatever, five that were infected with COVID. Two of them were hospitalized. He hasn't gotten it. It's just, it's kind of a miracle because especially with him being immunosuppressed as a transplant recipient. And I was kind of sharing with him about Dr. Pledger just having died. And Dr. Pledger was a transplant recipient. He had two kidney transplants in his life, according to his obituary. Um, and uh, then I was talking about how thankful I was that my sweet Brucey, I mean, it, it's weird to be grateful that somebody died. I'm not grateful Bruce died, but the circumstances of which, or, or by which, or under, under which, not by which. Yeah, I'm so glad he died of congestive heart failure. No, I, I was just so thankful that I was able to be there every single day, and I was there the second that he died. I was so thankful. Whereas other people, you know, they're getting dropped off at the door, and they're lucky if their loved ones are able to see them. If the, if the doctor or the nurse or whomever is able to take a second and FaceTime someone so they can see their loved one because they can't be there to hold their hand or sit by their bedside or sing to them like I did to my Brucie, kiss their little face and just hold their hand and whatever. So it was just a really touching conversation. Um, and it was all because of a damaged vehicle. It was all because of some scaffolding falling off a building onto a car. I mean, you know, that might not sound like much to you, but to me, that's huge. I have talked to several traveling nurses. I've talked to people on the NYPD, people on the fire department, the New York fire department, first responders, these people that are, that are on the front lines of dealing with COVID patients, I shouldn't say dealing with, of, of trying to take care of people with COVID and they're putting their own lives at risk. And this man, this doctor was just as delightful as he could have been. He was such a kind person and you could really tell. And he was, he was so gracious. And he, at the end of the call, he said, I am so sorry for your loss. And, you know, he said, it's been really lovely speaking with you. And, you know, we just had a really nice conversation and these are, these are strangers, these two people, he and I, strangers, and across the country, and we're talking about things like transplants, and COVID, and damaged vehicles. So anyway, you know what? It was, it was really incredible to have the opportunity to talk to somebody who is 
thriving in the face of this and taking care of other people. And you know, I know that probably doesn't sound like much, but I'm celebrating that because that just was incredible. He was, he was not upset about his vehicle. He was joking around about, you know, this is how he wants his eggs cooked. <laughs> he likes hash browns. You know, he was just funny. He was funny. And he told me that they said that I was going to send a vehicle, send a car over. And I said, yeah, I'll make sure it's a Mercedes, you know, just being funny. Anyway. Okay. I thought that was great. Just a really nice call. And that's it. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Good morning. It is 6.06 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesday, November 17th. And I have not been to sleep yet because I cannot. I just have been having difficulty sleeping. But I'll tell you what, it's probably not for the reason that you may think or reasons, plural, that you may think. Um, I'm going to tell you. And uh, I don't know that I'm going to necessarily have any particular order to go in because I think it's just all one thing that I want to talk about. And of course, it's probably my favorite. Well, no, it's not my favorite subject. My favorite subject, I have several, so I can't narrow it down to one. But this is one of my favorites, and it is love. And I, I guess I shouldn't say is. It is. I should say they are. Love, joy, music, everything. Okay, so I'm going to just jump right in. Um, yesterday, Monday, I uh, somehow I decided to take a break, you know, my normal break. And I came and I just got in my lazy boy chair in my bedroom. And I reclined and I turned on YouTube just to kind of see. I've been watching a lot of these videos lately that have been really helpful to me. Um, they've been just, it's interesting because I do not believe in God, as I know I have made clear. And most of these are about God. When God removes somebody from your life, let them go. It's because you're going to a place they cannot go or they've served their purpose and they have another something else that they need to be doing. And, you know, or, or they're not good for you. You know, there's just a number of reasons that these various people say, um, a number of reasons these people give for why God would remove someone from your life. All right. So there are some meditational ones and there's some beautiful music, you know, how to heal your broken heart, different things like that. So that's what I had been watching. And somehow, and I, I do not know how, but somehow... Uh, this video came up and it's a reactor video and you guys may know what that is. I have seen these before different types. I've seen this one guy, only one guy that did reactor videos where he would react to music he'd never heard before. People would write in and t suggest songs to him. One of the songs that they suggested was What You Won't Do For Love by Bobby Caldwell. And it blew this guy's mind. He could not believe it. And, and then I watched another one that he had done, which was reminiscing Little River Band, but it was the live version. And let me tell you, that knocked my socks off. I like that song anyway, and I really do like Little River Band. And so, of course, I was familiar with both of those songs. But the live version, where it's a different singer, it's not the original. Um, I don't think it's the original singer. Anyway, phenomenal. Okay, so I'd seen that. 
Well, the one that came up yesterday that caught my eye was this darling girl. I don't even know how to pronounce her name or really I don't remember what it was. It it sounds um, like maybe Nigerian. I'm not quite sure. But it was her reacting to We've Only Just Begun, The Carpenters. For the first time, she'd never heard their music. And so I thought, oh, my God, I want to see this. Well, of course, it's hard for me to listen to Karen Carpenter music still to this day without crying and getting emotional because I have always loved her. And I'll tell you, I'll just tell you now since I'm talking about it. I remember finding out that she had died. I think I was 12. Yeah, because I think she died February 4th of 1983. Or February 2nd, something. It was early in February, I'm pretty sure. And I happened to be at the grocery store with 82. And I remember looking at the the magazines at the at the checkout stand. And I just I don't know why, but I suddenly 82 was still shopping. And I, I dream of being in this Safeway a lot, by the way. I dream of this Safeway a lot. I dream of it. I remember the layout of the store. It's weird. I dream of it very often. I would say several times, mm, several times a year, many, many, many times a year. Anyway, I saw the People magazine with a picture of Karen Carpenter. And of course, I recognized her. And then it had the dates, you know, her birth date and the her death date. And it gave a little verbiage. And I, I, I couldn't understand what I was seeing. I couldn't understand it. And I asked 82, I said, Karen Carpenter died? And uh, I don't remember anything after that, but I'm pretty sure that I started crying in the store. I'm pretty sure that I started crying. And I remember asking her later at home, she was in the kitchen, and I still really couldn't fathom it. It wasn't that I was a huge fan, you know, I'd never been to a concert, but certainly 82 had Carpenter's records and I loved Karen Carpenter. So I went to her and I was crying and I said, why, how, you know, why did she die? She explained to me what happened and I couldn't understand it. And she said, she didn't think anybody loved her. And that absolutely crushed me in my little girl heart, I didn't understand. And I just said, I loved her. So I used to pray. I remember I used to pray. I wanted God to tell Karen Carpenter that I loved her. And I wanted to be good on earth so that I could go to heaven when I died and I could be with Karen Carpenter, not be with her. It wasn't a romantic thing, but I just wanted to tell her that I loved her. I mean, her voice was so beautiful and she meant so much to me. I just adored her and I wanted to be good so that I could go to heaven to tell her that I loved her and to thank her, you know? So that's my Karen Carpenter, little bit of my Karen Carpenter emotion. So I was looking forward to seeing this video and the video started and this beautiful girl, this beautiful young woman who is the reactor, her emotion was all over her face. And I just, of course, started crying. To watch her be overcome with emotion, feeling this music and hearing it for the first time, and it's music that I've treasured for so long. And it was just so, it was just a beautiful thing. 
it was beautiful. So she listened to the video, watched the video, and then, and she didn't know anything about it. She didn't know if they were a group. Uh, she didn't know because she was watching a video, and in the video it's Richard and Karen, of course, and then there are maybe three or four other people, other men that are standing around, and one of them is really banging this tambourine, and maybe one of them is playing guitar, I can't remember. So she wasn't sure. She didn't know anything about it, and I'm sure she doesn't know that Karen has died and that Richard plays piano because in the video Richard wasn't playing. He was standing there alongside Karen while she sang. So anyway, after that one, of course, YouTube suggested another one, and I thought, oh my God, I've got to see this one. It was a video of this same beautiful young woman reacting to We Are the World. And I thought, yeah, I've got to see it. So I was already super emotional. And then she starts the video for that and starts watching, and her face... I mean, the emotion in her face and of course, you know, she started to cry and it was just so moving. And then of course, when Michael, when Michael's part comes on and she sees him, um, she had said before the video, she wasn't sure how many people she was going to recognize because she's quite young and, you know, I don't know what her history is, but she is obviously from a different country. I, they have music and videos and, you know, all over the place, all over the world, but she may be from a place that maybe they didn't necessarily have a lot of popular music. I'm not sure. I'll get to that, to, to what I surmise and the reason why. Anyway, she cried through the video and she was moved and it was just, it's so beautiful. It is just so beautiful. And I just remember just weeping because as I was watching her, feel this music and have this beautiful emotional experience. I had the knowledge that Michael wrote that song. Michael and Lionel Richie wrote that song. And it just really occurred to me. And it ha it has occurred to me so many times. I mean, I am by no means a new fan of Michael's. Of course, I've been aware of his immense, just ridiculous talent forever. The more I learn about producing and what it takes to write a hit song and record and mix and perform, you know, all that stuff, the more I learn about it, the more in awe I am of him. And I, every time I think I can't possibly love and respect him more, I do. It, it deepens and it's, it's really a, an amazing thing. But I was thinking about that while I was watching this beautiful young woman experience this <laughs> rapturous song that is such a beautiful, meaningful song. And, and thinking about Michael's incredible gift, you know, it's interesting, <coughs> pardon me, because he left so many gifts on this earth. He shared so much and he didn't like to say that he wrote the songs he did but he you know he felt like they had already been written and that they were just coming through him and I understand that as a songwriter myself I understand that because sometimes you know you'll sit down and you'll just play a song straight out play it through and it's it's like it's already done you are just interpreting whatever's in your heart it's already in there and I don't know 
if those of you who do not create can understand that, but those of you who do, you probably get that. You probably know what I'm talking about. But Michael chose to share all of these gifts that he gave. And there's a scene in one of the, I call it a short film because he calls it a short film. Don't call it a video. A short film that he did with his brothers as the Jacksons, not the Jackson 5. And it's called Can You Feel It? It's from the Triumph album. Amazing album. I love it. And that video is amazing. And even if it doesn't ring a bell to you right now, you have probably seen snips of it where they're all dressed in gold. And it's, they're, they're these huge giant figures looking at the earth, looking at the world. Um, and there's a couple of different clips where, you know, it's like he's kind of uh, gesturing his hand over this city and it's like he's pouring out stardust onto the city and I think about that as if he had a handful of diamonds and rubies and precious stones that he sprinkled all over the earth before he left and those are his songs the concerts he did all the children's hospitals he visited all the gifts he gave all the things he paid for for people he paid for funerals he paid for medical treatment transplant he did I I, I mean the list is literally endless. And there are so many things that I know about that he did and many, many more that I don't know about that he did completely anonymously. And a lot of the things that I know about were meant to be anonymous, but I know about them because Norman told me. And uh, Michael did not want these things publicized. He wanted to do them anonymously. And then, of course, other people have shared and I've learned things. So I think about all of that stuff. And he left all those amazing gifts. And one of the most beautiful blessings, and I don't like to use the word blessing because to me that has a religious connotation. And I don't believe in God, God who would give you a blessing. I feel like if it's source energy or source, which, you know, is what um, I don't want to call them new age people. I don't know what exactly to call. I don't know if they're prophets or what, what they are, but like Abraham Hicks and Robert Zink. Well, he's an alchemy life coach. He calls himself. I don't know what their, what their former titles would be, but they call that source or your inner being. And some people call that same thing, God. Okay. So if it comes from that, then it's not a blessing. If it comes from God in the traditional sense, then you would say, yes, it's a blessing. I just want to be clear about that because I don't want to sound like I'm confused um, or I, and I don't want to sound disingenuous. I can't talk about blessings and prayers and not believe in God. That sounds odd. Anyway, maybe I'm getting hung up on semantics. I don't know. But I'll just say, I'll just call it a gift instead of saying it's a blessing. I do feel that one of the most tremendous gifts that I have ever been given by the universe or source or whomever is the ability to feel and understand and be moved by that music and not just by the music, but by watching someone else's absolute jubilation experiencing that music, hearing it for the first time, <clears throat> pardon me, 
and my ability to recognize how amazingly gifted Michael was and how just otherworldly his talent was. It, it wasn't just all the hard work. I mean, I could work equally as hard if I did, if I worked equally as hard as he did, if I spent all the hours dancing and recording and all of that stuff, I still would not achieve the things he achieved. I'd probably do quite well, but I would not achieve the things he achieved because I don't have that talent. Only he had that talent. Only he had the talent and, and him alone. And then, of course, it took all the work to perfect it and to hone it and to deliver it the way he delivered it. And it took his brilliance, his genius, and having a really great team also, great support, great musicians and arrangers and producers and everything else. And he was an arranger and a producer also. But he didn't do that by himself. So you understand it was a collection of things. But, but he's the vessel that all of that came through. And how amazingly lucky I am to have lived on the earth after him. And by that, I mean, just after he was born, if I had lived in the forties, you know, like if I had been, if I had died before Michael did these things, I would miss it. I wouldn't have been able to experience it. And it's funny because I remember, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, I had seen a video of the Bee Gees performing live in concert and I posted something about it on Facebook and just said, I am so grateful to have lived after them because they are such, I mean, they have enriched my life so much with their music. So you understand what I'm talking about. But it was, it was more than just that. It really was me being so incredibly grateful to have the capacity to feel joy at that level. And not just those two videos, there was another one that I watched afterwards. I watched actually several. Those were the first two. Then there was another uh, guy who was reacting and he reacted to Nessandorma. He had never heard Pavarotti and he had never heard Nessandorma. And so he was watching and just the emotion on his face, he was absolutely blown away and he stopped the video and he said, you, you have to understand where I came from. I came from the gutter. And he said, I never, I've never heard music like this before. And I came from the gutter and I can't believe this. This is feeding my soul. This is feeding my soul. And just to watch him emote, to watch his face change and to see. And he said, this sounds like angels singing in my ears. And he said, I, I want to, if this is what heaven is like, I want to do everything I can to get to heaven so I can hear this again. This is what heaven sounds like. I mean, and it just was so beautiful. And so while I'm watching these things and while I'm feeling such incredible emotion and such tremendous gratitude for my ability to be able to feel that, it was just strange that I thought, you know, I would not trade this for anything. And yes, I really wish that I had the love that I wanted. And yeah, I've been confused about why somebody said these things to me and played a game or whatever he, he was doing, but it doesn't really matter anymore because he 
I thought back on these videos that, you know, about God taking you to a place and having to separate people from your life because they can't go where you're going. And I realize that is absolutely the case. He can't feel things the way I do. And I think probably a lot of people can't, but I know that there are also many people who can. Other artists, other creatives, other people who are sensitive. The, you know, these people that were experiencing these songs, two perfect examples of people who were so unbelievably moved, who, who, who felt these songs, who felt this music in their souls, and you could see it all over their faces. You cannot make that kind of stuff up. I don't care what an amazing actor you are. You cannot lie in your eyes about that kind of stuff and your heart. And when, when somebody just starts to cry because they're just so overwhelmed and you know, it's real because you're feeling the exact same thing. So, you know, you know exactly what they're feeling and you know, it's genuine in the very same moments. They're covered with goosebumps. You're covered with goosebumps and you just, you, you know it. So it's just a really amazing thing. And I thought that's, where I am, that's where I've always been. And that's where I'm going to continue to be and go and even more. And, you know, it feels good to me to be free of, I don't know, I, I seem to have let go quite a bit, actually, of even my own feelings and thoughts about him. Because I don't know, somehow I have some clarity which is weird. It's like, really, all of a sudden, in just two short days or three or however long it's been? Yeah. I mean, there's still that part of me that just does not understand at all. And then the the greater part of me that says, you know, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter because what I have, what I have, and what I will always have, and what what will never be affected by any man or any situation is I have the ability to understand this music and to feel it like that. And I'm so thankful and to also have so much love and appreciation for other people and to be able to, to enjoy their experience and to feel so much joy watching them feel joy. That is so exciting. It's the best feeling. I swear it's, such an amazing feeling. So there have been some things happening and there has been a transformation going on. And, you know, I was really feeling, honestly, it's weird. I was feeling sorry for him, but in a compassionate way. Because the truth is that I wanted to be with him for various reasons, but I really wanted to share my beautiful life with him. I wanted, because we talked about writing a song together in the beginning. He sent me this lovely text. I want to write a song and sing it with you. And, you know, he was being romantic. And, I mean, that would have been so great. Uh, he was involved in music before he really got into sports. And then he got really big into sports. And then he, because he was a football player. And then he got an injury and had to give that up. And so... He started saying he was inspired to get back into music and he tried to inspire his stepdaughter, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know, these things are, this is my life. I mean, this is not just a fantasy for me. There's an element of fantasy, of course, and, and dreaminess, but this is, this is what I do. I've always been an entertainer, performer. So this is very real for me. And if 
if he wants to do that, we could do this together and that would be so amazing. And it it's just such a joy-filled life to create. And music, oh my God, I love music. I'm, I mean, oh my God, yeah, I love it so much. So I wanted to share that with him. And, and uh, for him to feel things like that and to experience that joy. And I realize, you know, you can't make somebody else feel joy or you can't, you can't bring that to them or cause them to feel it. They either do or they do not. But what an amazing relationship to be in with someone who understands that and who celebrates that and who encourages you to feel joy and to express joy and to be loving to someone else and to celebrate their joy and their discovery of, of things that you have known for a long time. They are waking up to these artists and these beautiful moving pieces, you know, so pardon me, uh, burping. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, it's a spiritual thing. But, you know, it, it's also, it goes even further than that. I mean, it's, it's a practical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's an intellectual thing, an emotional thing. And I, I did think, you know, I feel, I feel sorry for him. Because truthfully, when I look at myself, and I don't mean as in looking at myself in the mirror, I mean, when I really do take stock now, you guys know I'm honest about the things that I need to fix and things I need to work on. And, um, you know, there are other things that I think about in my quiet moments, things I'd like to change or maybe things I think I could improve. And I'm honest about those things. But, you know, overall, I've never been kind to myself because I've seen myself through somebody else's eyes and through 82's eyes. So I never was kind to myself and I never gave myself credit or acknowledged certain things. And I, I would never dare say that I'm a good person and that I'm this loving, kind person because it wasn't okay for me to ever think that there was anything good about me. The things I told myself were things that she told me, those hypercritical, ugly, horrible things, just criticism and ugly things and things that weren't true and things that were inspired by her hatred and her jealousy. And that's where it came from with her is just really intense jealousy. And that's, that's so sad, you know, but as an adult, of course, I understood and I've learned more and I understand even more now. And I feel so sorry for her, but I don't want to spend time talking about that because really I want to stay very present. And as I've been thinking about my ability to feel that love and to feel that joy, and it's such a rich, incredibly, you know, incredibly emotionally rich life. I'm so thankful for that. You know, part of this probably has to do with that amazing email and, you know, it, it, that probably does seem like maybe much ado about nothing, but it really wasn't because it is so rare. You know, people, people love to complain. Not everybody will take the time to complain if something's wrong, but a lot of people do. And, you know, of course, everybody jokes about, okay, Karen, calm down, Karen. Like, I'd like to speak to the manager, you know, because people do. But it's not nearly as often that somebody will 
make a phone call or write a letter when they appreciate somebody. So the fact that this client took the time to do that and mentioned me several times and, you know, called me Christine, which is totally fine. They know who he meant. Um, and my favorite part was that I did it in a calm and human way. That's just my favorite part. And I don't know if he meant humane. I think he meant human. I'm just going to say he meant human. That means everything to me. I related to another human being as a human being. I cared and that came through. I treated him with kindness and courtesy. And the, the person at the building that I was very kind to, he felt terrible he had overlooked something and it was right there. And I told him, don't apologize. You did a great job. You know, absolutely great job. Thank you so much for being so professional. You took care of this and you did exactly the right thing. You didn't do anything wrong. You have no reason to apologize. I could have gotten frustrated with him and I could have snapped at him. I could have been impatient and nasty, but I chose not to do that because there was no reason to do that. It's a choice. And, you know, it's like I said in the podcast when I initially talked about it. I would so much rather have listened to that if I had been on the other end of the phone listening to the conversation between the two people as the client was than listen to somebody be nasty and rude to somebody else. It would make me feel terrible. It would make me feel sad. And then I'd, I'd carry that through my day. And I'd know that now my day is a little less great because I've had to unfortunately hear that. And that person on the other end of the phone just got their ass handed to him. And that's, I'd feel bad for that person. And I'd also think, man, what a nasty, horrible person you are. That's what I would think. Instead, instead, the client was so happy and his son who was at the building was so happy and it was handled and the man at the building was you know he didn't he he wasn't worried I was very I was very calm and I was very stable with him and strong hey you did a great job you didn't do anything wrong you have nothing to apologize for and I thank you so much for handing this handling this so professionally and taking such good care of the client thank you so much you please don't apologize you did a great job you know and then that that spreads because then the email went to my entire team now, my boss was out yesterday, so I haven't heard anything back. And, um, you know, and I may not, but they all, they all saw it for sure. Everybody saw it. Everybody read it. And it was just a beautiful thing. I know they did because we all read every email. All of us read all the emails. And not only that, but then the doctor, who was so amazing after the scaffolding fell off a building and it, you know, damages his car, he was so funny and just such a lovely, lovely guy to talk to. And we talked about his bone marrow transplant and COVID. You know, I, I mentioned that before, so I won't go into too much of that now. Such rich experiences, emotionally rich experiences. And, you know, speaking of music, let me just tell you a little something funny. 
So after I watched the video of this beautiful young woman uh, reacting to We Are The World, I went to YouTube to make a comment and just tell her that that was really great and thank you for sharing that. And I noticed through the comments, um, people were, you know, somebody else had written, yes, this was written by Michael and Lionel Richie. And then another person chimed in and said, and Quincy Jones. And several people said, no, Quincy Jones did not write this. This other person decided to argue. And it was kind of funny because uh, I think it's a male. I can't really tell by the name, but it, by the picture, he, this individual looks, you know, relatively young. And is trying to really school everybody that the writer is the person who does the lyrics and the arranger is also the songwriter. And, you know, I said, no, what you're what you're describing is the arranging. He said the sound design is also the writer. And I said, nope, that's not correct. You're talking about the arranger. And then he or she responded to me and said, you obviously know nothing and you're, you're really stupid or whatever, you know, tried to really be insulting. And, you know, I could have, I guess, gotten into some kind of fight. Instead, I wrote hilarious. This is my response because I, I read the response that he or she had put that, you know, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. This is just stupid. You should keep your mouth shut, you know, whatever. And I just wrote hilarious. I'm a composer, arranger, and producer. I'm also a member of BMI and Taxi Independent A&R. So, yeah, I kind of don't think I'm clueless. Um, and I said, um, I will probably better notify BMI so they can stop paying me for, for work that they should apparently, according to you, be paying my arranger. And then I said, you know, um, you're obviously intelligent and you write very well and you could probably really be great at explaining things to people but you need to read a little bit more and educate yourself because you are unfortunately misinformed <laughs> whatever and then I wrote it was nice chatting with you and this person turned around and subscribed to my channel which is funny he or she did not mouth off didn't have what could he, what could they say there's nothing they could say. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And any, there were other people who had also told this person, no, that's an arranger. That is not a writer. Now, the arranger can also be a writer. Quincy Jones is a writer. He's also an arranger. He wrote PYT along with James Ingram. He also wrote Find 100 Ways along with James Ingram. And he arranged. They're not mutually exclusive. You can be all three things. You can be the writer, arranger, producer. I'm the writer, arranger, and producer of my recordings. I mean, so far there's really nothing for me to arrange because I haven't had to, but I am the writer of the music. Just because you arrange does not mean you're the writer. And arrangers do not get songwriter credit. They don't. Michael and Lionel Richie did not split We Are the World with Quincy Jones. Oh, we each get 33% of the writer's share. No, because Michael and Lionel Richie wrote it. Quincy arranged it. Quincy did not write it. You understand. It was just the, the poor guy or girl just really was just going to educate me. And so when I wrote, um, yeah, I'm a member of BMI 
And <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty sure I'm not clueless. You're totally clueless. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. But okay, you're really smart, but you really need to read a little bit more and educate yourself because you could probably be great at, you know. And so, I mean, I could have really told him to go fuck himself and these are my credentials. I didn't need to do that. I chose to be kind. I didn't need to give this person any compliments and say, hey, you know, you are obviously very intelligent and you write really well because he or she did. And, you know, even though the person was completely wrong, I understood what they were trying to convey and they really did seem to be pretty intelligent. So it's like, hey, Imagine how great it would be if you actually had the correct information. You could be an authority and you could really help other people understand this. So maybe you should find out, learn a little bit more, and then come back and try again. I I didn't say this, but I probably have been writing music since before this person was born. And probably for a good 10 years before this person was born. So that's kind of funny. But anyway... That was my choice not to get into a war and it didn't hurt me at all to give this person some some good positive feedback. They're still wrong as fuck, but hey, you're pretty articulate. You write well and you seem to be passionate about it, um, but just educate yourself so that you know what the fuck you're talking about because you definitely don't. But anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, so I know that was a little bit of a tangent, but it is related. It was a choice how I was going to behave. And, you know, it's like I said, when the evening when I discovered that I had been blocked and I was in just a lot of pain and because um, I hadn't really thought things through too much. I was just feeling the immediate pain of the realization that, oh my God, I'm blocked. And, you know, in that moment I'm faced with, okay, it is definitely over. He has blocked me and he is telling me after completely playing a mind game, but he's telling me now, do not contact me again. I don't want anything to do with you. And instead of just saying, Hey, listen, I don't want to have any more contact. Please don't text me anymore. Instead of that, saying, Hey, I think of you a lot. You know, are you single? Yeah, I wish all this crap and then blocking me. Jesus. Yeah. So until I'd had a chance to think about the fact that, listen, this really isn't anything new, except now he has blocked me and I know it. He's been ignoring me though. So that's basically the same thing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was really hurting, but that night I said, this is going to make me more determined to be even more kind. Because this really hurt. You know, he put something out into the world that was hurtful. It, it was. It was hurtful and it was rude. Being rejected always hurts. Um, I, well, actually, you know what? I shouldn't say always because maybe it doesn't always hurt. Maybe I know there are different ways of looking at it. And maybe you are a person who is like, hey, this doesn't bother me. I, I learned something from it. So it's great. And it is valuable. And I know that too. I do. But I'm emotional and that hurt my feelings and it really hurt. It hurt my fantasy and, and it caused me to lose hope because I had to give up hope. There's absolutely no chance we're ever going to be together. He's making it clear and it, it, it was confusing because of the other stuff he had said that was totally contradictory. 
the right thing for him to have done would have just been to have said, hey, you know, first of all, he could have just continued to ignore me because I was at the point where I wasn't going to do anymore, even though I did. So that's crazy. I don't know how to explain that. Um, or he could have just responded and said, okay, listen, you know, I appreciate the, your kind words. I'm glad that you feel inspired and that our relationship was, you know, ben you got something out of it, but I really wouldn't, would not like to keep, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to, uh, have any more contact. I really want to move forward. I think we need to just end this now. So please don't contact me anymore. And you know, that would have at least been respectful. It would have hurt my feelings, but it wouldn't have just been me just being completely confused. Like what? You just asked me if I was single, which isn't in and of itself an expression of interest. But then he did make a sexual comment, which was off putting and should have just, yeah. And then also when he said, I wish, and you know, I think about you a lot. I think of you a lot. Why would he say that? Yeah. So anyway, I, th I thought, you know, I do want to put even more kindness into the world because that is always my intention. Even though I do say things and I get annoyed by people and you know that because I have been annoyed by people and I've talked to you about that. And I've been, you know, like even mocking because some of it has been truly bizarre and fucking stupid. And it's like, yeah, this is, I don't have time for this bullshit. Yeah, I'm human. Of course I get annoyed. But I do try, I do try to be kind and think about other people. Yeah. And also I, sometimes I just need to vent. So I don't vent on that person. I vent to you guys and I tell you, oh my God, let me tell you about this moron. Yes. But if I'm talking to that person, I don't treat them that way. I don't. And it, it takes a lot for me. It would take a lot for me to be nasty to somebody. I, I don't enjoy that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there's my little disclaimer. But yes, I know sometimes I say really snarky things and I'm like, fuck you. You're too stupid to eat rice. You don't deserve it if you have to use a rice cooker. Obviously, I'm kind of being a little silly about that, too, even though I do feel that way. Um, so, yes. So if I'm trying to put out kindness into the world and I'm trying to be compassionate, and that's what I'm trying to do, and especially when I'm trying to be compassionate and kind toward him. And, you know, he had told me that he'd been having a hard time and all this other crap, you know. And he's going to just hurt me, and I did nothing to deserve that. It's like, yeah. You're hurting somebody who is trying to be a positive light in this world and you're hurting me and you're, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to try even harder and that is working out for me because everything is always working out for me. Yes, indeed. All right. So that's where I'm at. And also I still have not responded to the deputy. And uh, I am going to continue not responding to the deputy because there really isn't anything to respond to. And honestly, more and more, this feeling has been cemented in me. And this is kind of what I was getting to earlier when I was talking about these different changes and different realizations and whatever that I've been kind of undergoing. Really. I am not going to allow anyone 
in my life who is not sweet to me. That's, that's the bar. Not just nice, <clears throat> pardon me, not just cordial. I mean, if we're just first meeting each other, you know, maybe it's a little bit much to think, well, you should be sweet to me. But you definitely have to be nice. You have to be cordial. You know, if you're standoffish to me, or if I get a weird vibe that you're just kind of whatever, I'm going to avoid that like the plague. Because I don't need the confusion. I don't need it. I don't need to wonder, why doesn't this person like me? Did I say something wrong? You know, there's anxiety in that. And there's a little bit of tenseness. And it's like, well, what happened? This person doesn't seem to like me. I'm going to really fight for them to like me. And I'm going to fight to prove that I deserve their attention and their affection. Nope, not doing that. Uh, if you are not sweet to me right in the beginning, I'm done with it. And, you know, I've also put up with things where men have said things that were inappropriate and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean that. You know, I'm sorry. And I'd be like, oh, that's okay. Oh, that's fine. And really it's like, you know what? Fuck off, creep. How dare you talk to me like that? That's fucking gross. Whatever. And they deserve it. If somebody says something nasty, like, you know what? During our first phone call, Kevin said something about my boobs and it made me feel sick and it bothered me, but you know, it was a, a nice conversation otherwise, but it really didn't feel nice. And right after our phone call, he called right back. I didn't hear my phone. I had set it down and gone to the other room. So he left a voicemail and he said, Hey, I just want to say one thing real quick, but I'll text you. And he did text. He said, I'm sorry that I said that thing about your boobs. I, I do consider myself a nice guy. And I know that was out of line. So I'm really sorry about that. I don't want you to think ill of me, whatever he wrote. And you know, now in hindsight, I should have known immediately, wow, if this guy would talk to me like that when he's first meeting me and we were having a nice conversation until then, he was testing me to see how far he could go and see what he could get away with and to see what my reaction would be. And I know that now. Damn, I should have just been like, nope. I mean, no matter how cute or how hopeful I was, that should have killed it right then and there. And it's like with the deputy now, you know, the deputy really isn't being nice. He's not being rude. He didn't do anything wrong. But honestly, he needs to buy a fucking clue. If I send him a text, which I did saying, hey, um, I think you might have mistakenly texted me recently. And I just wanted to let you know in case you weren't aware. I have accidentally sent the wrong person a text that was intended for someone else. I've done that. I almost mistexted my boss once and I have mistexted people before and people have mistexted me. So we know maybe that's happened to you too. It's happened to a lot of people. It does happen. And what that should signal to him, if not just flat out tell him, because I did say, I think you might've mistakenly texted me, then he should infer from that. She's confused. She doesn't know that I meant that for her. So maybe I need to make it clear. Hey, Kristen, how are you? But he's doing nothing of the sort. He's not even, you know, it's been 100% one-sided. And by that, I mean, it's been all about him. Not, hey, just wanted to reach out and see how you're doing. How's everything? What's going on with you? Nothing. Just, hey, look at this foxy picture of me. Aren't I cute? And hi there, or good morning, or the one of him out 
with his friend. Oh, out keeping the poles safe. Yeah, she's going to really want to look at this foxy cute picture of me and maybe she'll write back and tell me how handsome she thinks I am. No, those, do those days are over. He already knows that. I've told him plenty of times, you are so handsome. You are so fine. Wow, you are amazingly good looking. You, you know, you're a babe. And there was nothing wrong with saying those things. You know, we were talking about stuff and I'm just like, yeah, you are, you're such a catch. You know, you're so foxy, whatever. Not pouring it on thick, not, not talking about that constantly, but I have certainly made it clear that I definitely find him attractive. So instead of just, instead of even talking to me like a person saying, hey, good morning, how are you? How's your day going? What's new in your world? Nothing, just hi. Here, look at this cute picture of me. You know, it's like, that's one-sided. You're not, you're not asking me anything about myself. So obviously what I infer is he doesn't want to talk to me because all I got back from him was that little, it's not even a complete sentence. Hi, didn't text you by mistake, period. It's like, I care so little about you. I can't believe I'm even responding to you, but blech, there it is. In which case, why are you texting me at all? Why are you texting me at all? You don't seem to like me and you definitely don't have any interest in me because if you did, you would ask me something. Hey, how are you? Are you well? How's work? What's going on? Anything new? You know, it's like with me and Tariq. You know, Tariq and I are, like I said, I, I don't know that I'd call us friends, but Tariq and I can say to each other, hey, how are you? How are things going? What's up with you? Is everything good? Are you okay? Because there's no, there's, there's no reason for us not to. We know that we are not going to be together as a couple. If that doesn't work, we were hopeful. We found out that it just wasn't going to happen. And there was nothing specific that happened. He didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to go into detail, but I knew, no, this is not going on. And, and that was the end of it. And we still stayed up at Mount Charleston together for a couple of nights. There was nothing sexual whatsoever. We had a nice time together. And when we came back, that was it. We knew we're done. There's nothing between us. And, you know, we still can say, hey, how are you? How's everything going? Are you okay? I hope you're staying well and keeping safe. And I'm not trying to get him to marry me. You know, it's like, does the deputy think that if he's nice to me, I might glom on and he might be like, oh, no, she's going to start thinking that. I No, I'm an adult. I'm very capable of talking to you in a very platonic way. I can still care about you as a person. But you don't care about me as a person. You're texting me pictures of yourself. And I've sent you a text now, so you know I'm a little bit confused about whether you even meant to text me. And rather than being really kind and super sweet, oh, hey, no, I'm sorry, I should have said, how are you anyway? How are things going? No, just, nope, didn't text you by mistake. <laughs> okay, I mean, and he should know by the fact that I'm not responding and I've always responded and I was always happy to hear from him and super supportive, you know, be safe, whatever, you know, whatever. And, and being a little bit jokey. No, he has no sense of humor with me and he does have a sense of humor because that was one of the things that was great about him that I picked up on in the beginning. So, 
honestly, I don't want any more of that. He's not being super sweet and he needs to be. He needs to be. He needs to make his intentions clear or we need to just not do this anymore. And I kind of think that's where it is. I think we're not going to do this anymore. I think that he's probably like rolling his eyes, put out that he even had to respond to me when the fact is he hasn't given me any reason to think that he meant to text me. I truly didn't know. And I really was thinking, I think it was an accident. Come on, man, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Make yourself clear or yeah. Yeah. Either. Yeah. What, what did I say earlier? I was thinking about it and it was like, get, get clear, or get lost. I can't remember <laughs> some catchy catchphrase I was thinking of. Not that I was trying to come up with a catchphrase, but seriously, you know, get real or get lost. Honestly, if you want to get with me and you want to talk to me and you want to let me know what your intentions are, that's great. And if you just want to catch up with me every once in a while, just to keep in touch because you think I'm a nice person, then you can also do that. He's not even doing that. He's acting like I'm a bother and he's the one reaching out to me, not the other way around. So, you know what? I'm just going to end it by repeating. Really, that's where I'm at. If you're not going to be so sweet to me and really cherish me, then I don't want anything to do with you. And I really do mean that. It's funny because with the creepy weirdo, when I first met him, he was so handsome and, you know, he hugged me, he cracked my back and he's like, when can I see you again? <clears throat> Pardon me. And then he called me all through the day and that was great. Then he started talking to me about some girl that he was fucking or that he had fucked, some Alicia, some girl. I'm like, you, this fucking asshole is talking to me about some girl he fucked, that he's going to go to California. His friend is trying to entice him to come to California. Oh, Alicia's bed is warm. Really? Go fuck Alicia then. What a fucking asshole. Seriously? And then the, the bullshit about, oh, I'm in town, but I'm leaving tomorrow, but I'll be back in, in two weeks and then I'll call you. And then he would call, I just came back in town, but I got to leave again. And telling me some bullshit about somebody's open heart surgery to put stents in. That doesn't even make sense. Open heart surgery, they don't put stents in. Those go up through your arteries, you idiot. And you think I'm dumb? I don't know. So I thought, wow, this guy is so cute. I'd really love to, you know, get to know him and date him. And now... I can't even imagine that I ever thought that because I know what he is. Yeah. So if you're not going to be sweet to me, I have no use for you. I have no use for you because I deserve that because I am a person who would give you the world and you'd have the world. I, my life is beautiful and incredible and emotional and musical and so full of passion and joy and it's vibrant and it's exciting and it's hopeful and it's fun and silly and all those great wonderful things I am a fucking catch and a half I mean I have had a phenomenal life I'm strong I'm loyal I'm devoted I'm beautiful I'm everything I'm everything and the very least I deserve from you is for you to be super sweet because I'm super sweet and I deserve it I'm worth it I'm worth it. You could not make a better choice. Seriously. That doesn't mean that I think I'm perfect. I'm not. But you know, that's another thing about me that's great. I'm aware 
of, of my problems. And when new ones come to my attention, I'm aware of those too. And I keep them in mind. And I don't just shrug them off and say, well, too bad. Somebody else is going to have to fucking deal with it. That's just how I am. No, no. But I'm kind to myself about it. And I say, okay, maybe I don't like that. Maybe I need to improve this. Okay, I'm going to be aware of those things. And I'm going to try to do those things. Because I want to be the best person I can be. You know, yeah. And I didn't treat myself kindly because I didn't think that I deserved it. I didn't think that I was worth it. I didn't think that being treated kindly was something for me. That was for other women. That was for delicate little petite women. That wasn't for big, strong, independent women like me who were funny and who were in control of their lives and who were survivors. Yeah, you know what? That's exactly who that's for. That's exactly who kindness is for. And tenderness and the man that's in your life needs to cherish you and bring you flowers and tell you how beautiful you are to him. And he needs to treat you like a prized possession. By the way, that's a great song. It's uh, by Ronald Isley. If you get a chance to listen to prized possession, listen to it. It's amazing. All right. <laughs> you know what? It's now after 7 a.m. And I need to get some damn sleep because I got to work. Today is my Friday. Woohoo! Excited about that. And um, yeah, so so I don't know if it's progress. I think it is. I feel pretty good. And um, yeah, I'm happy. I will always wonder about Kevin. I will hope that maybe someday, you know, who knows? Who knows? I'm sure I'll get over that, though, because I always do. In the meantime, I am just going to continue to love myself. And I'm going to insist on on sweetness on somebody treating me like a feminine woman. And I am going to expect flowers. I used to think, no, 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 I, I won't ask for that. I'm just not going to ask for anything. I'm just going to be loving and kind and not ask for anything in return. Well, you know what? No, I'm sorry. I'm going to insist. I'm not only going to ask, and I'm not going to ask, ask. You know what I mean? But I'm going to insist on it. You need to woo me. You need to pursue me. You need to bring me flowers and you need to cherish me. You need to recognize my value and treat me like that. And I will always do that in return. And I will do that with other people and you will see that. And that's the caliber of person I am. That's who you're getting. So make sure that you deserve that. That's pretty spectacular. All right. And that is not me being egotistical. That's just me saying, look, I appreciate and understand my value. Yes. And you know what? I appreciate and understand your value too. And the inherent value in every human being will accept serial murderers and rapists and, you know, fucking narcissists. Yeah. Except those people, you know, there are a few that don't count, but in general, in general. And so with that, I will close the way I always do by saying, please remember to always choose to be kind, choose to be kind. And you know what? Even choose to be sweet choose to take the high road, choose to kind of outsmart people who maybe they come at you in, a, in an aggressive way or a rude, snooty way. If you know the truth about something or yourself or whatever, you don't need to get into an argument. You can laugh it off. You can even give that person a compliment if there's something worth, worth complimenting. You don't have to make it up. But, but, you know, just try to be aware and try to be kind. Make sure that you choose to be kind because it's a choice and the person who benefits the most from your kindness is you always. 
Okay, that's it. I hope you're getting more sleep than I am because, man, I am tired, but it's going to be okay. I'm going to get some sleep now, take a little nap before work, and I will be back soon with more. Until then, bye.